Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts, and today is part two of a sermon called A Kingdom That Cannot Be Shaken. We are studying Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, and today we are going to conclude this sermon. If you missed the first part, go to my free mobile app, Awakened to Grace, or go to my website, awakenedtograce.com. Listen to part one, because we are talking about some amazing kingdom principles. We are defining what the kingdom of God means, how it is the rule and the reign of Jesus, what it means when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're talking about the security that every believer can have within the kingdom. That even when everything in this world is shaking, is volatile, is unpredictable, unstable. Well, friends, Christ followers have been given a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We're exploring that. We're celebrating that. And I'm so glad that you're with me today on this edition of Awakened to grace. So you look at the throne of heaven, Revelation 4 and 5, that great scene. You have angels. You have, you have Old Testament saints. You have New Testament saints. You have tribulation saints. The church is not going to be forever. The church is a period of time. And when that period of time closes, we are going to be the bride of Christ. Amen. And then what's known as the church, there'll be no need for any longer. We will continue on throughout eternity as the church, but it's not going to carry forth on the earth. The kingdom of God is eternal. The church age will come to a close, but not the kingdom. See, my friends, this is why we have to get this right. So often, in so many churches, the church competes with the kingdom. And it shouldn't be that way. The church should complement the kingdom. Do you realize that while Jesus said extraordinary things, like he is the head of the church and Upon this rock, he'll build his church. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. While he said those extraordinary things that are true, do you realize he did not say, my church come and my will be done on earth as it is in heaven? No. What did he say? The kingdom come. The kingdom. We cannot get in the way of the kingdom. So here's what happens in so many churches today. There's a conflict between the church and the kingdom. So, for example, the church says, let's gather everything inward and let's keep it in. No. The kingdom says, send it all out. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? We know we're running out out of space in this building. Have you stood in line at the bathrooms? There are people parking two blocks away. We know this. January 8th, we're opening up our last kid's environment. That's it. We're done. There's no more space. And do you know where the new kid's environment's going to have to go? 
the conference room. We are using every square inch of this church. There's no more room, nowhere, nowhere. I about fell over the platform trying to squeeze between them and the front. There's no more room. I don't know where y'all prayed. It wasn't right here because there wasn't no room. So what most people would say, this year we committed to Bible translation. Do you know that Bible translation was more than our actual mortgage on this building? $700 more per month than what we're paying on the mortgage, but we committed to it. We didn't care if it had to come out of savings. We were going to do it no matter what. You know what most people would say? They would say, wait. You're believing God for a new building. You're believing God for new property. Then shouldn't you save? Don't give, save. That's not the kingdom way. The kingdom way is send it out. Can we say amen? I heard one time about a, I heard one time about a old farmer and everything he touched. I mean, God just blessed. And one day he and his neighbor were leaned up against the fence posts that separated their properties. And his neighbor said, I just can't figure you out. He said, everything you do, it just seems like God blesses. How do you do it? And you know what the old farmer said? He said, well, I figured something out in my life. He said, I figured every time I shovel into God's bin, God shovels back into mine. And he said, God's got a way bigger shovel. Oh, isn't that true? Don't we serve a mighty mighty, mighty God. Doesn't God want to do so much more for his kingdom than what we realize, than what we expect, than even what we hope for? Doesn't Ephesians say that he'll do far exceedingly above what we can ask or think? He wants to do more than even our imaginations can comprehend. Amen? My friend Richard was telling me the other day, he was telling me a story. Uh, forgive me if I get this wrong, but I believe he told me that it was Phil Nicholson. Is, isn't he a golfer? Is that right? He was telling me a story that supposedly Phil, I believe he said it was Phil Nicholson. If not, you can call him and ask him who it is. And he um, said he was in the Middle East and playing golf for three days with a sheik, very wealthy man. And at the end of their time, the sheik asked him, he said, we have become friends now. And he said, I want to do something for you. He said, I want to buy you something. What would you like? And Phil thought about it and said, well, I really enjoy golf. Uh, How about a golf club? He goes, okay, you'll have it. So he comes home, a few weeks pass. FedEx truck drives up and he thinks, okay, here's my golf club. He thought, now what would a golf club from a sheik look like? Is it going to have gold laid in? Will it have a diamond in it? You know, what's, I can't imagine a golf club from a sheik. FedEx comes up to his door and hands him an envelope. Well, yes, not a golf club in an envelope. And he opens it up and it's the deed to a golf club. And Pastor Richard asked me, he said, Chad, don't that sound like us where sometimes we ask so small? We ask so small. 
Our thinking is so small compared to what God Almighty can do in our lives. Amen. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Amen. Praise God. We have been given. Note that word. Not that we've earned the kingdom. We've received. We've been given a kingdom that cannot be shaken. What is the kingdom? It's not the church. The church says keep everything in. The kingdom says take your finances, send it out. Take your people, send them out. Let me tell you, the mark of a great church, it is not its seating capacity. The mark of a great church is its sending capacity. The church of Antioch in the book of Acts, the Bible never tells us how many attended that church. It may have been a church of 3,000 souls. We don't know. It may have been a church of 300. We don't know. It could have been a church of 30 or less. We have no idea. You know why I think the Holy Spirit never tells us the size of a congregation in the Bible? Because we're never to measure by that. It's our sending out that God measures us by. Amen. And the church would say, keep it all in. The kingdom would say, send it all out. Glory to God. We cannot let... Our agenda as a church compete with the agenda of the kingdom. No, we as a church must think like kingdom-minded people and we must adjust our agenda to the kingdoms. Amen? When Jesus spent 40 days with his followers, remember after his resurrection... There was a 40-day period between him appearing after the resurrection and his ascension into the clouds to the throne of heaven. Do you remember that 40-day period, Acts chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3? And for 40 days he talked to his disciples. You know what he talked about? Not the kingdom of Israel and not the church. You know what he talked about? The kingdom of of God. Remember when Jesus began healing people in the Gospels? I, if, if I could ever see the face of Jesus during the Gospel periods, I think this is when I would have wanted to see it. He would heal people. And I can imagine the smile that came across his face. And he would say to them, the kingdom has come near you. The kingdom. Friends, I want to be very honest with you. I do not live for preaching Christ church. Now, it's mighty important to me. But I don't live for it. I live for the kingdom of God. I live for the kingdom of God. The Bible never said, seek first the church. Do you know how many people quit on God because they get hurt in church? How many people walk away from their faith because something happens in church and they get disappointed or they get let down or they get their, you know, whatever. And terrible things happen because it's filled with people. But let me tell you, people who don't quit on God, it's people who seek first the kingdom 
We got to have the right focus. We got to have the right pursuit. And Jesus said, seek first my kingdom. And I'll promise you this. It don't matter who hurts you. It doesn't matter who betrays you. It doesn't matter who ignores you. It don't matter who gets sideways. It doesn't matter who sins or falls away or any of those ugly and messy things that happen in church. You'll never walk away from the kingdom if you seek first the kingdom of God. But if you just all up in the business of the church, well, you're going to be mighty disappointed because it's filled with clay feet and clay hands. So notice what he says. Back to Hebrews 12, 28. We've been given a kingdom. Let's be grateful that we've received a kingdom. So what is the kingdom? It's not the church. It's two narratives. The church will come to an end. The kingdom is eternal. So what is the kingdom? I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. The kingdom of God is the rule of and the reign of Jesus Christ. So watch what happens. A church like ours actively prays, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what happens when we begin to pray that? Just like this morning, many people came to these altars. I could hear prayer all around me. And you know what was happening? People were exercising the rule and the reign of Jesus. People were letting go of hurts. People were letting go of sins. People were letting go of doubts. People were saying, Jesus, you be the Lord over my life. Jesus, I'll follow your will. Jesus, I'll be patient on you. Jesus, you tell me what you desire. God, show me your will. I'll do whatever you call me to do. God, I will follow you. Do you know what that is? That's the kingdom of God being activated. Every time that someone forgives someone, that's the kingdom of God in action. Every time someone lets go of bitterness, that's the kingdom of God in action. Every time someone lets go of anger or God gives them victory over lust or over jealousy or over greed or any of these things, any time that someone, their fears and, and doubts are vanquished with faith, every time those things happen, that's the kingdom in action. That is the will of God in heaven being done and accomplished right here on the earth. Amen. That's why this church, and we know the purpose of the church, is to display the glory of God. We're a city set on a hill. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father. The purpose of the church is to be kingdom soiled for Jesus Christ. That in this church, the kingdom is advanced. Amen? Not our goals, not our agenda, not our bank account. Not our numbers, not our marketing, not our branding, not our name. The kingdom. And do you see why sometimes the agenda of a church is in stark contrast to the agenda of the kingdom? See, the kingdom says if you're going to be first, you got to be last. Amen? 
You know, as people in the city find out that we've bought land, I already dread the questions coming. Because you know what everybody always asks about a church? Well, how many of y'all running? That's what everybody asks. When people ask me that, I just say, oh, under a thousand. Let me tell you our focus. And if it ever changes, I'll ask God to send me somewhere else. Let me tell you our focus. It's the kingdom. And what will never be our focus are the ABCs of church. And you know what the ABCs of church is? Attendance, buildings, and cash. And it will never be our focus if it is I'm gone. So what the church would say is let's build the biggest building that we can. You know what the kingdom says? The kingdom says you'll never take a building to heaven with you. You'll only take people. You'll only take souls. The church says let's invest in us. The kingdom says let's invest in missions. Amen. The kingdom says, let's build bigger programs. The church says, let's build bigger programs. No, the kingdom says, let's have prayer meeting. Because that's where the power is. Amen? Not in programs. It's in prayer. Kingdom focused. Why? Because we live in a day and an hour that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But let me tell you the one thing on the earth that won't shake, it's the kingdom of God. And if you belong to that, then you ought to be mighty grateful today that you're part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The kingdom of God is when the rule and the reign of Jesus is being exercised. So that means the kingdom can come to your home. The kingdom can come to your marriage. Do you have a kingdom marriage? where the authority of Jesus is there? Do you have a kingdom home where the authority of Jesus is there? You know, I I think about things like Netflix and so many things. Uh, Some of you it will offend, but I can't see you, so I don't care if you look at me bad. Disney. Godless, wicked, call it what it is. You know, every night when we go to bed, we lock every door. Do you? If I told you there was a thief coming, would you just leave your windows open? Would you leave your door unlocked? And listen, if you're paying any attention, you know... Satan is stealing our children in this age unlike any time ever before. And spiritually, the majority of us got our windows wide open and our front door wide open and we're just sitting on the couch napping. Are you a kingdom family? Are you a kingdom home? Are you raising kingdom children? I heard Mark Driscoll say this week, and it lit my soul on fire. 
He said, Christian parents are freaking out right now because all this craziness is going on. He said, let me tell you something. I would rather raise children in pure darkness and show them the light of Jesus that pierces the darkness than to raise them in a dimmer switch home where it's not all the way dark, but it's not all the way light. And they grow up so confused, they don't know what God is and what he's not. Amen? We are children of the light. Let's don't be afraid of the dark. Amen? Because we belong to a kingdom. We belong to a kingdom. Hallelujah. Lastly, and I'll close with this. We belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. (laughs) Acceptable worship. I think about this a lot. I don't want to worship God on my own terms. You know, that's what Cain did. Cain worshiped God on his own terms. I don't want to do that. I want acceptable worship to God, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Is your worship acceptable to God? Are you filled with reverence toward him? Are you filled with awe toward him? See, the danger in our church age right now is that we've grown very familiar with God. And the more familiar we are, the less we fear. We've lost our awe. We've lost our respect. We've lost our reverence. Acceptable worship is not your favorite style of singing. Acceptable worship is not your favorite songs or your favorite church or any of that. Acceptable worship is reverence and all. I want to call the church today for us to return to reverence and all. I don't care who's singing. I don't care what the song is. I don't care who's preaching. We walk into this building to worship Jesus and him alone. And how do we do it? With reverence and with godly fear all. Let's bow our heads today. Verse 29 says, For our God is a consuming fire. That's wonderful news for the saved. It's terrible news for the lost. For the lost, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of God Almighty. But for the saved, you know why he's a consuming fire? Because he's going to walk you through the refiner's fire and you're going to come out more precious than gold. Refined by the refiner's fire. The works of our life one day will be tested by this all-consuming fire. What that means is what you have up there will depend on how you live down here. So are you kingdom-minded? I'm not throwing stones at you, precious friends. But I'm telling you with pastoral authority, 
if we would stop funding the kingdom of Disney and the kingdom of Amazon and we set our sights on the kingdom of God, we would change this culture. If you enjoy the daily broadcast of Awaken to Grace, then I want to invite you to subscribe to our podcast. You can get our podcast wherever you get your favorite shows. Simply search Awaken to Grace Weekly Sermons.